0: This is Tee It Up. Tee It Up, Brooke. Hey everyone, this is Tee It Up, brought to you by Pro Skate Corner, located in Toronto, Ontario. Friendly reminder, head over to Pro Skate Corner in the GTA if you need your skates done any equipment needs jeff potter will uh will hook you up and take good care of you but we're back brooke uh how are you doing today
1: doing all right lindsay you know it's the beginning of a new month so obviously trying to set some new goals um i'm gonna start like going back into some serious workouts so i'm uh, pretty excited about that i've taken some time away from the gym but i've been all right so March has been a good start for me, especially with everything that went on last month. Um, But I'm also excited. It's Women's History Month. So we just came off a really, really great and successful Black History Month, which I thought was incredible. And now we're moving into Women's History Month. So I've seen a lot of initiatives already that are tying the two together. And obviously, um, you know, it's great for us celebrating the Year of the Woman, so um otherwise things have been good. I was back in the office today oh, wow um, for the first time since last well I went once in April, excuse me once last October and before that was last March. So it weird, was nice eh? to be back for sure.
0: What's that? I'm sure that was pretty weird being in there again.
1: Yeah, it was weird and there was only four of us out of the 45 I believe that are in the New York office and luckily the chairman was there so he bought us lunch which i was pumped about Dang. but otherwise yeah doing real well right Lindsay, how are you doing up there in uh, good old canada
0: oh i'm doing good i'm uh, i'm back in toronto i'm back at pro skate corner uh tape in there air recording, recording live from the studio at the moment um uh, but <laughs> oh things are good lab. yeah at the lab yeah. um no things are pretty good brooke uh our team we just hit the ice again for practices this week so uh hips are feeling it. Groins are feeling it a little bit. So that was a, that was a long month off of the ice and uh, same deal. I'm just trying to, you know, get back into, into shape. Like I was, I was talking with, with my teammates the other day and it's like, think about how many times your body has been like in and out of shape this year. Like, it's crazy. It's like, like, when the quarantine hit last year, I finished my season and I was like, I'm taking a nice long break. I'm going to just do maybe some bitty workouts and then uh, <laughs> some easy workouts. And then, um, yeah. And then I had to get back into shape like in the summer and then kind of like, you know, we get ready for the bubble and the bubble hits and then have to quarantine for two weeks. Can't do anything. I was also sick. So I was a little bit of a, all over the place, but we're back at it, getting back into it again. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be on the ice again. And other than just the outdoor rinks.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I hear you. I remember there was one thing that I learned that was huge from um, my kinesiology coaching days at UNH. um, And that the stat was, if you don't work out for an entire week, like one week straight, nothing, you lose 10% of what you're like whatever your 100% was at that moment you take a week off you lose 10% of that so add that up you know taking extra time off it does catch up so um, like you said it's hard it's hard especially during the summers too and you know I when I was back home in New Hampshire a lot of the ice is out of the rink so it's hard to find um, time to skate so coming back down and then skating again it's Like you said, definitely takes a toll on the hips for sure, but uh, that's all right. Um, But yeah, it's exciting because obviously, you know, ramping back up hockey again and um, something exciting that I saw that's happened throughout the course of the past week or so since we left last talked is uh, NHL ranks are welcoming back fans. So that sense of normalcy coming back a little bit has been awesome. So um, that's big news in hockey as well, which is great. That's huge, and there's actually been a
0: lot going on in hockey lately. So, um, big shout out to the PWHPA. They played, uh, made history playing in Madison Square Gardens. That was pretty cool. They did a really good job uh, on the broadcast and all that. It was NHL Network covered that, and so did Sportsnet. So, it's pretty cool. Doesn't matter what kind of hockey it is, turning it on and it's woman, woman playing. That's uh, that's pretty cool to see. So, props to them. It was a, a big success, and uh, I guess they go again next week in in Chicago.
1: Yeah, that'll be really exciting to watch again, like you said, and like we've consistently talked about, if you can see it, you can be it. So, um, you know, just getting that national coverage is great for the sport, Um, no matter, you know, what league or who you're playing for, you know, we're all playing women's hockey and we're all here uh, for the same goal. So it's really exciting. And again, like you said, back in Chicago, so it'll be uh, entertaining to follow that along. Um, Again, you know, making history every, every step of the way, so um you know what what we're doing as end up and the cdub you know we're doing a great job so uh or excuse me not CDAW, the up the P Dub, the P Dub now um I don't get a twist you know it's great to see yeah it's, yeah don't get it twisted but it's really good to see you know that that national broadcast aspect of it too which is great so and uh, again shout out to qs they're going to uh chas this week we're excited to watch that that'll be super fun um Obviously, we have some bias towards Keyes, but you know, because 2019 champions, not a big deal, but like, we were, Hughes
0: is a wagon. Everyone knows that. Yeah,
1: Hughes is a wagon. Yeah, oh, that- we, uh, we did have some good times. That was That was great. That, that was trophy. So will never play the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: man. Oh, that was uh, definitely that. Winning the CHAs is a highlight of my uh, Syracuse career. So that was pretty, pretty special. I mean, we, we celebrated hard, we played hard, and we got bag skated hard all week leading up to NCAAs. Never forget, that was pretty uh, brutal.
1: Yeah, we're all like taping ice bags to our ankles and our knees because we're sore as hell before before the biggest game we've ever played. <laughs> what is this? Well, I guess that's what champions do though, right? Because
0: we're be champions. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's exactly it. It must be. A frig. Oh no, that's that right. was awesome. So, pretty pretty cool to see, and um, and then also the double IHF um, women's world championships uh, that that's been postponed. Um, it's supposed to be in Halifax the weekend of or the week of April seventh to seventeenth, and uh, I'm you know fingers crossed this actually happens, Brooke, because Nova Scotia has some really tight restrictions, and it's you know they they already had to cancel last year. They tried to do it there, and so hopefully we can see you know that by postponing it pushing it back last summer things kind of opened up a little bit more there's less restrictions so hopefully we can um we'll see some less less restrictions and they'll allow the women to play hockey like we saw the world juniors and uh you know so it would be great to see some women's hockey uh get to play too um but i know canada is already out there and they're training and and all that because they have to do the two week quarantine. Uh, out there it doesn't matter outside of province they have their own two-week quarantine it's uh, that's where our good friend Allie
1: Monroe is from Yep, yeah, that's right I know I was gonna say and uh, my current teammate Mallory Russian is also from Nova Scotia but she's been talking too a lot about those heavy restrictions and it's crazy because like you said the women's game last year was or the that tournament was postponed And then this year we obviously see the men's be pulled off really successfully. So obviously we're pulling for the women's tournament to to be able to come through. But, um, you know, on this topic of hockey and often this topic of talking about Syracuse, we couldn't help but to bring in another Syracuse alum and obviously very true to us from the Newhouse School, um, we are super pumped to have Katie Gauz. Um, so she is a former field hockey player, but turned hockey reporter. So obviously we're very biased and we're happy that you're on the ice hockey side. But um, again, we were just introducing you a uh, fellow Syracuse Orange Newhouse alum, um, working now uh, for, uh, as a reporter for the Florida Panthers and actually did some coverage for the NWHL, which was awesome and we loved. So that was great. So uh, first of all, Katie, thank you for joining us. And I had to mention before too, I was networking with um, Adeline last year when I graduated and I was talking with her the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, we're bringing Katie on. Like I'm totally turning everything full circle now. This is crazy. So uh, another Syracuse connection, obviously, but welcome, we're really excited to have you.
2: Thank you guys so much, No, excited to be here. Uh, I think we all know it at this point, but hockey is such a small world. Syracuse is a small world so there's a bunch of different small worlds coming together but uh certainly happy to be here and I know I played field hockey but my heart has always been with ice hockey you know just they didn't have any girls ice hockey when I grew up I had to make the switch so uh happy to be joining you guys and seeing some orange
0: oh that's awesome the new house mafia is coming in here we had Steve okay. on last week now it's uh we had to get you on here it's awesome to see so I guess my first question was going to be why why hockey why hockey reporting? Yeah. I know you have a, a long history of it. So
2: yeah, so for me, I grew up in Pittsburgh again, and it was a big hockey family. My dad had played, and my brother played. My dad coached my brother, and I started with figure skating. And pretty quickly, was like, Mom, this isn't my thing. I want to hit some people. I want to get a little more physical. So finally, convinced her, broke her down, and played hockey, starting at about seven or eight years old all the way till high school and when I got to high school they didn't have they didn't have a girls team so I made the switch to field hockey but kept hockey in the back of my mind and and when I did get to college uh, for my undergrad I went to SUNY Geneseo and that's a big d3 school for hockey I started reporting and doing the radio broadcasting and stuff uh, for that and just quickly realized this is what I loved got to work for the Amherst in Rochester for a bit and uh and and just had a lot of fun with it and, and, and hockey is just such a, I mean you guys know it's such a fast paced sport it's so exciting to watch so to be able to cover it and watch it full time and have it be my job it, it makes perfect sense I mean who wouldn't want to do that pretty much every single day so that's kind of the quick story of how it how it sort of happened but Uh, you know, I think everyone that's in the hockey world sort of knows that, you know, you grow up with it and it kind of just becomes a part of you. And then, and I never really wanted to let that go. That's That's awesome. awesome. I know.
1: Well, Lindsay can speak to it, but she started in figure skating too. So (laughs) as hockey players, we're all very excited when we can uh, transition the figure skaters over and the field hockey players too, because I know that (laughs) that. (laughs) at Syracuse, you probably heard it. They're like, Oh, like. Hockey, so field hockey. We're like, no, no, like, I, it's annoying that we have to explain that it's ice. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's no, no, no. But, anyways, that's okay. We'll get over it at some point. Um, but, so, working backwards, uh, we want to touch a little, little bit on the NWHL first, and then we'll work through your Syracuse time. But, you know, working with the NWHL this year, obviously a very different format, being uh, virtual for most reporters and being in a bubble situation where nobody really had home ice. What was your experience like covering at all the games? And, you know, what are you, you know, most excited for in terms
2: of broadcasting for women's hockey moving forward? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, first and foremost, when, when I got the opportunity, while I obviously knew about the league, I hadn't really done any coverage of it in the past. So I spent probably three or four weeks just, cramming like a, it was like a final exam trying to learn every team and every history and all of you wonderful players and all of your backstories and and for me as a reporter I always take a lot of pride in knowing you know every step of people's careers I really like to know where they played prep where did they play youth hockey like what are the different connections in college so uh, I have notes literally for days that I will save and hopefully get to use again here for for many many future uh, seasons to come but um, you know, the experience was certainly unique, uh, covering it for Twitch and doing it as a, a color commentator. You know, I had only ever really worked as a reporter. So I kind of pipe in, I do my interviews, but to be, you know, responsible for sort of the whole game and talking throughout and bantering back and forth and doing some play by play. And obviously it had helped to have Steve uh, by my side because he's a total professional. But um, <laughs> the experience was just awesome. And I think for me, not that I didn't expect it, but I was just so pleasantly surprised at how great the hockey was and so disappointed that it, it ended the way that it did. And I hope that we can still find a way to finish it, but it was so exciting. And it just was a really nice testament to just how skilled all you girls are and how women's hockey is, is right up there and it should be broadcast. And it is exciting and it is something people want to watch, like seeing the thousands and thousands of people that were joining the Twitch stream and and chatting and commenting. It was just really cool to see. And I think it was kind of only the beginning, but to be a part of it for that really, you know, that first season in that, you know, that digital Twitch world was really, really cool. And and the fact that it was in Lake Placid, which is somewhere that I'm just obsessed with to begin with (laughs) made it even cooler. I just wish I had been there. Would have loved to be there with you guys. Such a cool spot.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So I, you mentioned the Twitch broadcast. What what are your thoughts on that? I know, you know, everyone, my parents said how, you know, you guys did such a great job talking with the, the fans and yeah. in the comments and everything. Like, what were your thoughts on all that?
2: It was unbelievable. I just, you know, Not to say that men's hockey, you know, fans aren't great, but I've never really been around a more positive group of people in my life. I'm used to, you know, having some people kind of chirp and maybe question, you know, some of the things that I say or I ask. And everyone was just so happy to be watching hockey and to be watching women's hockey that it was just like the nicest group I've ever been a part of. So to be able to engage and call them out and answer questions, that was another thing I think I enjoyed the most was that, there were people who didn't really know the game as well. So to be able to help people learn about hockey and to actually just like build that, you know, understanding with new fans and just grow the game from that sense was really, really cool. But to be able to interact with them, you know, it was fun. And it also gave us something to do. If I didn't have any commentary, I could just go to the chat and see what other people were saying. It was was helpful.
1: That's so funny. I know. So we talked about it a little bit with Steve and we touched on it pretty much every episode but how funny the Aaron the Zam Man thing came to be so I don't know if you have any like insider scoop on how that evolved like we were players watching it and we're like now there's merch for Aaron and we're like what but basically the backstory that I got is that you know like you had mentioned people who don't even watch hockey were tuning in and they were fascinated by this machine that was going back and forth And they were like oh that's cool like can they do this or can they change the lights? And they were surprised, as you mentioned, how quickly things that they asked for were followed through with so they were like oh we love this so they so that's kind of how that evolved so I didn't know and this is something like I said that we've heard through the grapevine and we're trying to get to the bottom of it and we don't know what's where it came from
2: no I I think it was I've got the same info it was just people hadn't really seen this this magical zamboni machine and I think <laughs> we all know from being little kids like everyone loves a Zamboni growing up, you know, used to collect the different teams and go to the rink and want to sit on it or get to ride on it. I mean, it's fascinating and and it just exploded. And I think between, you know, the new fans and then the Twitch chat, they just started saying that they loved it. And the NWHL and the Twitch streams were smart enough to really capitalize. And next thing you know, you've got Zamboni shirts being given out for the games and People were loving it, but you know, kudos to Aaron and he capitalized on uh, social media, I think getting his Twitter going and getting some new followers. I think everybody just had a great time with it, but I'm not exactly sure how it became what it was, but I was always, I was all for it.
0: Yeah. He's competing with David Ayers for the you know, most famous <laughs> Dim <Yeah. Money> Man. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. But so covering men's hockey and women's hockey, what's the biggest difference that you notice?
2: Oh my goodness. I mean, I think just the, the kind of the access in terms of the fact that, I mean, obviously with COVID, it makes things even more difficult, but you know, the fact that, you know, when we're doing these men's games, like we, you know, you've got a full broadcast team at every arena, all these different cameras. I mean, I just think that there's just like a lot more uh, resources being put into it. So you get kind of a, a different level of access, but in terms of the game itself, you know, I, I thought it was unbelievable how how much there was similarities, the the intensity. I loved, although I wish there had been fans there, I loved being able to hear you guys on the benches. That was one of the coolest parts of covering it was like being able to hear everyone cheering and everyone chanting and hearing everything and everything everyone was saying. Um, But then, you know, also, you know, from a personal standpoint, interacting with uh, the players, you know, on the NHL level, especially, you know, these guys are pretty big time. You know, they're making ridiculous amounts of money and, and they, they maybe get a little bit jaded by just the constant barrage of media. Whereas when we would be interviewing all you ladies, like you guys are so excited and eager to have that coverage. You, you know, you hadn't been maybe totally like just muted to it yet. And so it was great, like asking a question and having someone thank you for asking that question. That's never happened to me before. So that was like a really cool, really cool moment just to be like, you know what, like this isn't like just the, you know, the same oh, play hard for a full 60 kind of an answer like that you get from some of the guys. Like you guys really were thoughtful with your responses. And as a reporter, it it makes the job a lot more rewarding to be able to really tell stories in a different way than just, you know, the same old kind of statistics over and over again that you kind of get with guys. Uh, That's why I like uh, in the past, I've covered a lot of prospects and like kids kind of coming up through the league. I actually worked in the USHL for a while and, for me, that was really my favorite part of working in hockey was right before they made it. And you got to kind of experience that uh, that cool moment when they're still, you know, new and they're still green and you get to really uh, see the enjoyment in the game. And I felt like I really saw the enjoyment from uh, my coverage of the women's uh, league.
0: If you didn't get too many, uh, get pucks deep, pucks on net. <laughs> no, I
2: ones. mean, you still, <laughs> answers are still answers. I mean, you yeah. gotta, you know, you gotta get pucks deep and you gotta <laughs> play a full sixty bucks there was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more thought behind the responses, which I, I enjoy, especially as a reporter.
1: That's so funny. You say that. Cause I don't think I've ever heard somebody say that as like in response to something like this in a casual conversation. Cause obviously like as players or as consumers of the sport, you're like, oh my gosh, it's the same interview over and over and over. And it's like, at the end of the, I never, watch the media at the end of the game because I you kind of expect to hear you know what I mean so you're totally you hit it right on the nail with that um but I think so moving towards that obviously you know there are those similarities between our games and obviously the big differences but I love learning about hockey culture in different areas and obviously Florida is a very non-traditional spot to have Um, some hockey teams obviously Tampa won last year but I've always just been fascinated by Florida hockey we had a teammate at Syracuse that was from Florida and I'm like you're the only person I've ever (laughs) met that's actually played and been from Florida so can you talk to us a little bit about the culture down there because I know you know just in comparison like you have Nashville that's crazy about hockey now which never really was a hockey town before so I think part of me thinks that Florida might be that like next hot hockey uh, market but I'm interested to hear about your perspective on the inside.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, when I first took the job here, like coming from Pittsburgh, you know, and having the Penguins win three times over the course of when I was living there and working there, it, it, it went from being a good hockey town to an insane hockey town. It wasn't necessarily what to expect coming to Florida from that background. Um, I have to say you, you mentioned Tampa, and I think that ultimately winning is really the biggest recipe for finding a way to build that hockey buzz and just get that crazy fandom. But regardless, you know, with the Panthers not ever having won the Stanley Cup, I will say that, you know, this area is, is actually way more hockey focused than I would have thought. And, and, and not just on a pro level, but the, uh, you know, we, the practice rank we work out of has, you know, youth teams, you've got the junior Panthers um, up in Palm Beach, they've got the Hawks there. And the hockey quality is really good. There's this Florida Alliance team that travels all over. I mean, I was just shocked when I started really investigating what the hockey culture kind of like at the at the grassroots level looked like here. Um, and I think we're starting to see it very slowly make an appearance in the NHL where you get guys that are, you know, making it to the NHL level that have come, you know, that have come out of Florida. Even technically Jack Hughes was born in Orlando. I, they may not spend their whole time here, but. There are Florida roots. Um, last season, we had a trade where we ended up acquiring a player who had grown up here, Chase Prisky, who played at Quinnipiac and who is a born and raised Florida kid. And, and to have him now in our organization, it's just kind of a cool full circle moment to sort of just summarize that Florida is slowly but surely becoming more of a hockey market. I think the cherry on top will be. The Panthers finally, not necessarily even winning the full Stanley Cup, but getting a really solid uh, playoff run, kind of like we had back in 96. And I got to be honest, this season, I didn't know what to expect with our new GM and our new team, but we're we're having a good time and we're rolling right now and I'm not going to jinx it, knock (laughs) on wood, but it's been really fun to watch and you can just see it and feel it, even though we don't have full fans at the arena, people are into it, people are pumped and the more you have success, the more that hockey becomes a priority. And it's, it's been really cool to see, but yeah, it's certainly weird when you walk out of a rink and you're like glasses fog up and you're sweating because it's so darn hot out and so humid. It'll never, it'll never feel normal to me after having grown up in the North, but, but it's definitely working its way into the mix.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I, like, can't wait for that day to maybe walk out and it's sun, sun shining and in flip-flops. Well, we saying the, best. the other
2: day, like, with the, we gotta get a, we gotta get some women's hockey to come down here and play some games. Because I know every single one of the girls coming from up north would be totally cool with a, with a little beach vacation. Oh, yeah.
0: That'd be awesome. That'd be the best road trip when you'd have to play there. That'd be awesome. Exactly. But can you give us like your day in the life? Like what does your average work week look like?
2: Well, uh, so I'll, I'll say it's not right now. It's totally weird and not normal, but my like dream job day in the life was all last season. And that was, uh, you know, when I was traveling with the team. So, you know, on a game week, you, you know, you get on the jet, you fly wherever you're going, check into the hotel. Uh, you've got, you know, medium meal, um, you know, morning skate, go back to the hotel. And, and and it's just crazy with COVID how different things are. And Me and my other reporter who I work with, Jess, are talking about it constantly because, you know, the level of access to the guys that we used to have compared to now, it's crazy how different it is. But, I mean, there would be days where we'd literally all just be piled onto the same bus or all piled onto the same plane. And, I mean, it's a really cool moment when you've got, you know, a big victory. Victory and everyone's getting beers on the plane afterwards and I mean it, it was just like a total dream experience um uh the game nights are a grind and you know you you would potentially be leaving a game at 11 at night blind somewhere not getting in having to go through customs like last year I want to say we played in Columbus it was New Year's Eve finished the game. We were in the air flying to Ottawa as the ball dropped for the new year. What a year it was going to be. We had no <laughs> yeah. idea yet. But, uh, but then you go through customs, you get there, you have a quick drink, and then you go straight to bed because it's just nonstop. But um, I can honestly say, like looking back on last season, I covered 41 of the however many games we ended up actually having. And now this year with, with only home games on my schedule, it's crazy to think, A, how did I ever do that? And B, why can't I still be doing that? Because I miss it. It's like you become addicted to the adrenaline rush of, you know, traveling and covering games and just, it's a really cool experience, but I just hope it goes back. <laughs> That's all I can say, because right now my day in the life is basically Zoom, just yeah. Zoom all day, every day. I so it's, a, it's, a, it's an adjustment. <laughs> I was going to say, I can,
1: I speak for myself, but I'm sure Lindsay's on the same train. We miss game day traveling. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much as home ice is fun traveling, you have some of the best memories doing that.
2: Absolutely. Even going all the way back to when you were a kid, like all those road trips and hotels and mini sticks in the hallway. that's That's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah. So we're hoping for the day that that comes
1: back, but yeah, I mean zoom has been crazy. So it's just, it takes away from the whole experience. So I know that, you know, as players, we're definitely eager to get back and I can only imagine, you know, your full-time job to cover that and to be involved in that. So heavily is, i'm sure you're chomping at the bit so we're there we're right there with you <laughs> um, all on the same page <laughs> yeah absolutely so now moving back to syracuse obviously at the beginning you know we're all syracuse alumni which is great i did my undergrad there right. and then you know Lindsay did her master's program so i'm sure it's very different because it's a much more difficult program for you guys but can you talk about i guess this is a two-party question talk about your experience not only in newhouse and your education through there, but you know, being a part of Syracuse, because as we mentioned, you know, the alumni network is incredibly strong. Everyone loves to help a fellow orange, we say orange person now, not just orange men, but um, you know, we're all willing to help each other out. We're really excited when we find a fellow Syracuse alum. So can you just talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so my experience was even a little bit more different because I actually did my master's online. So when I decided to get my master's, I was working in Erie PA as a sports anchor and I was in like the local TV market and I just absolutely hated it. (laughs) I just was like, this is not right. I don't, this isn't my career. I don't know what my future looks like, but this isn't it. And I also didn't want to just quit a job and have nothing. So I was like, I'm going to go back to school, but financially going and living in Syracuse wasn't really possible. So The Newhouse uh, online master's program had, I think, only maybe been around for a year or two. And so I was really fortunate that it was in existence. So I hopped on that train right away and actually lived back home in Pittsburgh while I was doing it. But interestingly enough, so my mom is from Syracuse. My grandpa is an alum. And so uh, he's still a diehard Orange fan. And he's still got the tickets to all the different games and events. Not that he can go anymore, but... Um, you know, Syracuse was always kind of in my, my family's blood. So it was kind of neat to be a part of that. But, uh, the master's program was like a year and a half and it was just really awesome to be able to get the new house, you know, network while not actually having gone because I would have loved to be there. And I've been to the campus a million times, but it was still like, it's world renowned. And like people talk about it. The new house mafia is a real thing. If you reach out (laughs) to someone from new house they will respond, they will get in touch. And so then being on the other side of that and having had the opportunity to have, you know, current students or other alum reach out and network with me has been really, really awesome. And just to be able to put it on the resume, especially when I was still not sure what my next career staff was gonna be, knowing that I had Syracuse find me was just such a really like good feeling. Cause you know, no matter what happens, like you're gonna find your way, you're going to find a good job. It's just, it, it doesn't like no one fails. Like they always find a way to promote you to help you be successful. And it's just a really great network. So I was really lucky. I got to go to the campus once, didn't get to have a real graduation because by the time I was done, the world had kind of fallen apart. It took me a little longer than a year and a half because I kept pushing <laughs> everything back because my jobs were always changing. But uh, really, really awesome to be a part of. And I finally got the degree in the mail like six months ago ago I lost it the first time so I'd order another one but it came it's official I can hang it up now and frame it and yeah, it's just a really special group to be a part of and uh you know I I wish I had actually been there in person especially for some of the women's hockey because when I was you know familiar with Syracuse growing up they didn't even have the girls program yet so it's just been really great to see how the university has grown you know from a from a sports standpoint as well it's just super cool and Looks like they're heading to the CHAs right now, if I'm correct. I saw that on uh social today. So hopefully they'll uh, bring some uh bring some uh, hardware home.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. That's uh, that's great. I know like we we both really enjoyed our time at, at Syracuse. We're a Syracuse podcast, like low-key. We uh we roll orange.
1: <laughs> we bleed orange a little bit
0: here, but <laughs>
1: I like it. I, like we said before.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, you know, just to ended off here. What's what's a piece of advice that you would like to share? I'm an aspiring sports broadcaster, you know, so I'm going to take this one for sure. But what's a piece of advice you have for any, you know, aspiring females that want to get into the sports media industry?
2: Well, I mean, you guys are kind of already ahead of the game because the first thing I would say is know everything that you can about the sport you want to be, you know, covering. And you played it, so you've got that one totally figured out. The next thing would be, and it's a little bit different now. My old advice would always be just, you know, get as many, you know, in-person internships or experiences as you could to build relationships within the actual industry, you know, with a team or with a network. Um, but it's a little different right now because of the world being the way it is. But unconventional things like what you're doing, having this awesome podcast and just finding ways to already continue to you know build yourselves up and brand yourselves and give yourselves a demo reel and it is exactly what you you should be doing. And it's such an industry interesting industry right now because podcasts have really blown up. And so to be taking advantage of that kind of being the hot trendy thing to do is so wonderful. But just, I think the biggest thing I would say is just always respond to anyone's emails and always reach out and, and, and you know it with the new house mafia but just in general there's really no one in this industry that's not you know willing to take a phone call or take an email and 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 just you know network with someone that really wants to do this and and who you know is 100% everything I can say that that's how I am where I am everyone has a journey and it's always different but ultimately having those connections and building those networking connections is really what's gonna be the difference maker. So you guys are guys are on the right track, no question. And if you ever need anything, I'm your Florida connection. So I'm happy to help any way that I can between me and Goldie, you guys should, uh, you should have no problem down here. I know,
1: Lindsay, I think we need to make a road trip. We might need to (laughs) Pick it up and take some up.
2: Okay, you take it anytime you want. Yeah. We'll get you in the booth. It'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> Look at that. Up. Up. Open be. up,
0: open up those borders, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
1: right, Lindsey stuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, this has been so fun. We really appreciate you having. The time to come on and talk with us, and uh, again, you know, from one Syracuse alum to another, we're we're really thankful. And uh, I know we learned a lot today, so um, we really appreciate your time. and And we'll definitely be uh, following up on. And Go Panthers! I think we're both Panthers fans now. <laughs> kind of yeah. has to be That's what <laughs> <I'm talking about. laughs>
2: There you go.
1: Thank you so oh, much. Love it. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you guys. It was so much fun. If you ever need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.